Imagine that you have just crossed the Red Sea, escaping oppression, slavery, complete powerlessness, a lack of any control. You're part of a people that is experiencing freedom for the first time in generations. You might be expecting a do anything you want when you want because no one can tell you what to do kind of freedom. And I'm not only talking to the high school seniors. But then you're told that you're being given a gift. That gift, you find out, is law. The Ten Commandments, the Torah. It might be a disappointment if you were expecting a brand new car. But the people didn't have to accept this gift. We could have said no. So how is it that we end up sitting here with the Torah behind me? How did that moment of revelation come to be? And how do we relive it today? Tomorrow night, the holiday of Shavuot begins, commemorating the moment at which we stood at Mount Sinai. But within the Midrash, the stories not found in the Torah, but the stories about the Torah, there are many stories of how we came to be at that moment. Why us? Why would we say yes? Who exactly made the promise and what did that promise mean? Over the course of our evening as we pray together, we'll learn together, hearing different midrashim that the rabbis gave us to make this giant moment in our people's history a bit more graspable. Before we get to that moment of revelation, though, we have to prepare for it. The Israelites were told to purify themselves, to wash their clothing in order to be prepared for the moment of revelation. That's why it's customary to study all night long on the night of Shavuot. So if you're looking for something to do tomorrow night, call me up. We'll study all night. But tonight also begins uh, uh, the 49th day of the Omer, which is another way that we've been preparing. We have been counting up to this moment of Shavuot since the second day of Passover, symbolizing the Israelites' journey from crossing the Sea of Reeds to standing at the foot of Mount Sinai, preparing ourselves for this sacred occasion. So too do we prepare each week for Shabbat. Each morning we prepare for the day ahead. We prepare for every giant moment and every small one. And as we rise now, we join together in Baruch Hu, our opportunity to prepare for worship together. Am I awake? Am I prepared? Are you listening to my prayer? Can you hear my voice? Can you understand? Am I awake? Am I prepared? Yalla la 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 Oh, 
So we get to that moment we've prepared, and we find that Mount Sinai is covered in smoke. And the Torah tells us that the mountain was trembling violently as the blare of the horn grew louder and louder. As Moses spoke, we read, God answered him in thunder. We can imagine that this would be overwhelmingly loud, both physically and spiritually. Yet the rabbis who teach that as God spoke the Ten Commandments and the law to Moses, there are rabbis who teach that the Israelites only heard the first letter of the first word of the first commandment. Anochi, I. Again, I won't quiz our high school kids or our benot mitzvah. The first letter of Anochi is Aleph, which is silent. So now, rather than thunder and booming and shaking mountains, we picture complete silence as the Israelites received God's word internally. Sometimes the answers to our questions, the voices we're seeking are loud and obvious, hard to miss. But other times they're more like that olive, silent, dependent on our understanding and nuance. Shema, we listen. We listen to thunder and we listen to the olive. We listen for the meaning of God's oneness in the world that surrounds us. Listen to the wisdom 
inside and around you, you will remember as you're walking through the day. Mechilta de Rabbi Ishmael asks why the Ten Commandments weren't given at the beginning of the Torah. The rabbis give a parable that tells us to imagine a man who comes into a village and says, let me rule over you. The people of the village would respond, who are you and what have you ever done for us? Why should we listen to you? So then he builds a city for them, provides water for them, leads them to victory against their enemy. Then when he asks, may I be your king, ruling over you, the people respond, yes. Thus God created the world, built a relationship with and gained the trust of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, brought the Israelites out of Egypt, divided the sea for them, sent down the manna for them, brought up the well for them, brought quails for them, fought for them the battle of Amalek. Then God said to them, will you accept my law? And they replied, na'asev Ishma, we will do and then we will hear. Faith in this sense is trusting in the future because of our appreciation for the past. As we sing Michamocha, the song our people sang upon crossing the Red Sea, we think of all the miracles we experience every day and why the thought of revelation, of looking for some greater meaning in a world which, with so much that can't make sense otherwise, can be meaningful for us 
today.
The Mechilta de Rabbi Ishmael also teaches. It's a good book. It's what we'll study tomorrow night, if you call me. <laughs> the Mechilta de Rabbi Ishmael also teaches that we, the Israelites, might not have been God's first choice. First, he tells us God went to the children of Esau, saying, will you accept my Torah? And they asked, what's in it? But when they heard, thou shalt not murder, they couldn't fathom a world in which disputes would be settled any other way. So God went to the children of Ammon and Moab and asked, will you accept my Torah? What's in it, they asked. Thou shalt not commit adultery. But we're all children of adultery, they answered. And they too rejected the Torah. And the Philistines, when told, thou shalt not steal, again, were not interested. But when God offered the Torah to the Israelites, perhaps even before we heard a word without questioning a thing, we replied, all that God has spoken, we will do and we will hear. Na'aseh v'nishma. Whether it was the thunder or the silence and appreciation of our past, our faith for our ancestors, whatever it was, it meant in this case committing before we knew one word. Because we knew the past, because we knew what we needed for the future, we allowed the Torah into our hearts. So now we rise after singing our introductory prayer, asking God to help us as we offer this prayer, the Avot and Givurot will be led by Addison and Sydney in honor of their becoming Benot Mitzvah tomorrow. That my mouth may declare your praise. Ta 
Or Leolamadonai, Mehaye Hakolata, Rale Hoshia, Marid Hatal, Mehakel Hayim Behesed, Mehaye Hako Berahamim Rabbi, Same Nothing Berafe Holim, Umatir Asurim. Umekayem emunato lishene afa miha melha baagiburo umi domela melech me meet umekaye umat nia yeshua vene emanatala hahayotako. Baruch atah Adonai, mechayeh ha'akol. Atah kadosh, v'shimacha kadosh, v'kadoshim b'chol yom, ya hallelujah, selah. Baruch atah Adonai, ha'el ha'kadosh. You may be seated. So you've heard these words twice now, we will do it and then we will hear. And this is a really great example, it seems, of unfettered faith of wherever God takes us, we will go. But there's another midrash of how it is that we accepted a law that we hadn't even heard yet. In this one, Rabbi Avdimi Barchama Barchasa interprets a verse from Exodus that says we stood at the foot of Mount Sinai to mean that God literally held Mount Sinai over the Israelites and said, if you accept my Torah, all will be well and good, but if not, this will be your burial place. It was then, Rabbi Avdini teaches, that the people responded, okay, we'll accept your Torah, We'll do it, and then you can tell us what you're going to tell us. Just please take the mountain out from over our heads. In a moment, we'll join together in two prayers of peace. First, for peace in the world with Shalom Rav, then peace in our bodies and our lives and those of our loved ones with Misha Berach. I know that sometimes it may feel like a mountain is being held over all of our heads. But even in times of fear, uncertainty, and pain, we pray for strength to do all in our power to improve our situation when we can and to find peace in our situation when we can't. To do what we need to do even when we can't understand why we have to. So first we join together in a prayer of peace for our world. Shalom Rab. Shalom Rav, all Yisrael Amcha, Tassim Le'olam. Shalom Rav, all Yisrael Amcha, Tassim Le'olam. Ki atahu melech adon, 
take this time to think of those of our loved ones, those in our midst, those in the wider world who are in need of healing. We pray for strength for each of them, strength for those who love them, strength and wisdom for those who care for them, as we pray for a refuah shlema, a full healing of body and spirit for each of them.
take a moment now for each of our own silent prayers. Shalom, Roman. Oh, said Shalom, about 10 more Midrashim that I want to share with you all. That's a joke. Good. One more. One more. And this is, I won't say it's my favorite, because I always say it's my favorite, and they're all my favorites. But this is a story that I tell at every baby naming that I perform. I'm going to have to find new stories eventually, but right now it's working. And the story goes that God was getting ready to give the Torah to the Israelites. 
And this time, in this Midrash, God wants a guarantor. God wants some proof that the people are going to take this gift and treat it in the right way. So the people say, we offer the heavens and everything in the heavens is our guarantor. And God says, that takes some chutzpah. And then I explain what chutzpah is to the baby and promise that he or she will, sooner than his or her parents would like, exhibit such chutzpah. But God says, you can't offer the heavens and everything in the heavens because those are mine. And then the people say, okay, we offer every, the earth and everything on the earth. And again, God says that doesn't work. And that's when the people say, we offer our children. And we promise that we'll take this Torah that you're giving us today, and we'll teach it to our children, who will teach it to their children, who will teach it to their children. Now, I tell this story to babies who I do understand, do not understand. So I remind them again when they become bat or bar mitzvah, receiving the Torah from their parents' arms. Not necessarily telling the whole story, but I tell each student that as they take the Torah into their arms, they're taking along with it the obligation of passing the Torah on to the next generation. Now, I know that some of them might only, under, might only understand slightly better than the newborns. Their minds are elsewhere. They might be a little nervous, present company excluded. And they might not be thinking 100% about the words that I'm saying. But I also know that at both the baby naming and the b'nai mitzvah, as I talk to the child, I'm also talking to parents who have made the choice to serve as the guarantor for the generations who came before them. And even as I express hopes for their children, I'm also expressing gratitude to each of them. So for our high school seniors who are here this evening, we pray that you one day, a long, 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 long time from now, might be the parents standing at those baby namings and at those b'nai mitzvah, and whether or not you have children, that you will make the Torah a part of your life, taking on the obligation of passing the Torah on to the next generation, serving as the guarantor for those who came before you, doing your best to ensure that the chain of which you are a part continues. We don't know why our ancestors said, Na'asebenishma. But in our lives, sometimes we'll hear the thunderous boom, others will hear silence. Sometimes we may feel that our Judaism is a choice that we embrace with open arms, and others we might feel like a mountain is being held over our heads. But whatever our moment of revelation may be, may we all find a sense of faith in ourselves, may we all find a connection to our past and hope in our future, May we gain understanding through our actions, and may our actions lead us to lives of health, joy, and peace. As we've heard some new songs tonight, some new melodies, one way in which we might think about experiencing revelation in today's world, one way I like to think in my life is in songwriting. And Back in the days when I had time to write music, I wrote a lot of music that was teaching Torah through song. 
And I want to share with you all now a song that I wrote um, called Na'asev V'nishma. And I think you will catch on to the chorus rather quickly, and I hope you'll sing with us. I stand before you on this day Listen to the words that I will say They will give you A way to live And the people didn't ask how, why, or where Vayomru kol asher diber Adonai Na'asevenishma Na a seven ishma, all these things we will do, and then we will hear. Na a seven ishma, we have faith in the covenant of God, we will not fear. Well, the people didn't know what it was all about, and God wanted to know without a doubt they would follow all the things they had said. So they offered up the heavens and the earth as proof. And God said, how do you know they will be here to use? How about our children? Na'asevenishma. 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 All these things we will do, and then we will hear. Na a seven ishma, We have faith in the covenant of God, we will not fear. on us to be the ones to carry on so what are we to say what are we to say all these things we will do and then we will hear Na'asevenishma 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 
we have faith in the covenant of God, we will not fear. 